Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist, our combined service at 10 a.m. We're having this service at 10 because of uh, our great children's and family director, Katie Jeter. She's been with us for a number of years, uh, grew up here, went to college, married a boy, brought him back, worked here for a number of years, and um, they, uh, she is transitioning out to spend more time with family. Uh, so happy for them. It's tough for us. We're, we're in the process of developing our job description and search committee and all that. Um, um, Leanna Morris, who you will uh, see today, is our interim director. Leanna is a freshman at North Greenville University, and just like Katie, a, a child of this uh, church and, and supremely dedicated to its mission. Leanna has given us a tremendous thing in letting us take our time and get the right person. So we will um, worship today at 10. This is our only service today. There won't be any Sunday school today. And we will have a meal directly following in the Family Life Center. The critical part about the meal is reservations were really important. So if you have a reservation, go ahead and go. And if you uh, um, didn't have a reservation, if you make sure everybody gets a chance uh, to get over there that made one, it's the same as any other thing, um, people that, um, that did it. Um, so uh, let me run you through a couple of announcements. Hospitality. Um, we have um, restrooms in the back. Um, we have a security system that's up and coming. We're trying again next week. If your last name is um, F through H. We want you to try our security system next week. F through H. Um, your child will, at fifth grade and under, will get a sticker, and you as a parent will get a sticker, and then you will need that sticker to get your child back. Um, so we're going to try that next week with um, F through H. We're going to ease into the process of doing this. Um, next week we have another exploring membership class. Every first Sunday of the month at 10 a.m., We'll gather in the social hall, and it's anybody who has expressed interest in membership to recently becoming a member and getting them together. Because I know this is a friendly group, but there's a whole lot of family in this group. There's a whole lot of years in this group, and getting another, finding a friendly face of another person that's fairly new to the church is, um, is really important. So come at 10 a.m. next week to Exploring Membership. Uh, in terms of worship, we have our books are in. Um, don't want to be confusing back there. We do have a list, but it's the permanent book list. It's people who said, every time you have a book, I want you to get me one. If you told us that you wanted one, one is back there for you. We just need you to write your name so that we know you got it. Um, I choose um, books to uh, guide us in worship a number of times, and um, these books will help guide you in, during the week and also in the sermon. Um, in terms of faith development, confirmation is at 4 p.m. today. It's at 4 p.m. because this service is at 10 a.m. Uh, so we'll meet at 4 p.m. in the social hall this afternoon and um, uh, talk about our sacraments, the things that are critical to the um, sacraments in our church. Mission and service. Uh, next, uh, what is March 5th? That's a Saturday week. This is Saturday is uh, the craft fair. Um, we hosted a craft fair for Greer Relief back in the fall. We're having another one this Saturday. Greer Relief is doing it. We're the host. Um, it will be in the FLC, and I encourage you uh, to go to the FLC this Saturday and support them in that effort. Um, extras, pictorial directory. Who loves to take family photos? Who loves to put a blazer on on a Monday and come over to the church and take a family photo? Um, that's what we're doing uh, this weekend. Um, the hope is that this company not only will give us a paper copy. For those of you who like paper copies, understand that you will get a paper copy. If you take a picture, you get a paper copy. But the promise of this company is that they will also give me a digital copy 
which warms my heart. It will be in my phone, which I think will be amazing. It's really important that you come take your picture because it will give me a digital copy uh, that I can have when I'm at the hospital or anywhere really and, and be able to look you up and get to know you better. Um, we have a parent meeting tonight, a uh, parent of um, uh, children and youth at 5 p.m. to end the sanctuary, and we will talk about our future um, with Leanna and how we can support her and her time and what she what we can do going forward. I believe that is all of our announcements. So let's begin our worship service.
faith of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like to invite the children down for the children's sermon with Mr. Robbie. Kids. Come on, keep coming. <laughs> Under some pressure here this morning. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to talk to you for just a minute this morning about change. Do we like change? Yes? I'm going to ask these people out here, do you guys like change? Yeah, that's, that's going to change. <laughs> All kind of changes. Let's see, it was cold a couple weeks ago when it snowed, but if I told you it was going to be warm and the flowers were going to start blooming, that would be a change in the seasons, right? From winter to spring. What about in here? Does anything ever change? No? What used to be over there in that corner? Anybody remember a Christmas tree? That's right. What's there now? That's right, because we were celebrating Christmas, and what is the cross prepares for? Easter, yeah, and, and Jesus and being uh, crucified on the cross and then being born, risen from the dead. That's right. Uh, what about our clothes size? Does our clothes ever change? Yeah. yeah. When you get old like me, your clothes aren't supposed to change size, but they still do. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What other things might change? Your age. That's right. But your taste buds, they ever change? Sam's taste buds changed. When he was a little kid, he used to like vegetables. You don't like them anymore, do you? No. <laughs> Any other changes? Huh? Tomatoes like apples. You used to like tomatoes like apples? Yeah. That's a good one, too. What doesn't change? What never changes? Family. That's one. What else? The Holy Spirit. Damn, that's a good one. That's right. And Jesus, the fact that Jesus came back, that's, that's right. 
God's love for us never changes, does it? It's always there. Even when we go through changes, even when things are tough, even when things seem really, really hard, even when us old folks out here go through changes. We said earlier we didn't like them. A lot of times it's not easy to work with. But God's love never changes for us. It's always there for us, right? All right, we're going to say a quick prayer here, and then Pastor Joe is going to do something. He wants you guys to stay right here, okay? So we're going to say a quick prayer, and then I want you to stay right where you're at. Dear Lord, thank you for your unending love that you show us. Thank you for showing us it's okay not to be scared of change, because we know that you're here, and you're with us always. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, stay put. Um, Katie and Eric, if y'all will come down here real quick. I know y'all love being in public. That's your favorite thing ever. <laughs> and if you, I think I did the math right. If you are a 12th grader or below and you have been at Memorial, I want you to come down here too. Double seriously. Um, if y'all come sit, come sit on this step for me. Yeah, can you scoot over, sweetie? There we go. I believe you got some scudders from up top. This is a small sample set of the people that you have had an impact on. I say Katie and Eric because I know that the spouse of someone in ministry, my goodness, makes a serious commitment. Now here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to put your hands on the backs of the people in front of you. People in the back. You people put your hands on the people in the backs in front of you. You people here, put your hand on Miss Katie. There you go. And Mr. Eric. And we're going to pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for years and years of commitment on the part of the Jeters. Years that uh, have immediate results right now, but have long-lasting results for the future for these children. We express our total gratitude for your call on their lives, and we express our total, total joy of the future that is before them. Bless them and keep them, be present with them in the next phase of their journey. And may they ever be mindful of the ways they impacted all these hands that are touching them now and the children who cannot be here. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Y'all can go back, but I think y'all have to stay. I have um, Leanna come up. Where's Leanna? This is Leanna Morris, for those of you who don't know. She is the one that I mentioned that is our interim director. She's a freshman at um, North Greenville. Somewhat dedicated family to the Life Memorial. Hi, Leanna Morris. Is it working? There it goes. So this is a gift from the kids on behalf. I can't do this. <laughs> oh. 
and their families. It's a year pass to the Children's Museum, the zoo, and Chick-fil-A, so Duncan can get his chicken and sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just to say it's a small gift for everything that you've done for Memorial, the children, their families, and me. <laughs> and Cindy has some things that they made for you. The kids have been hard at work the last couple of weeks in music, but they have not been working on music. Um, one of the things that we have done is we made a painting for Miss Katie, and the kids have put their fingerprints on it, and at the bottom it says, I thank my God every time I remember you, because you have touched so many lives. And the other thing is that at Christmas the last couple of years, Miss Katie has put together a program about the sparkle box. And in the sparkle box, the kids are able to put their gifts to Jesus for Christmas and put it under the tree. So we made our own sparkle box for Miss Katie, but on our sparkle papers, we wrote things that we love about her so that she can pull out her sparkle papers and read about how much we love her and how much she has impacted us and how much we're going to miss her. I'm going to speak on behalf of Katie. <laughs> Um, this congregation has wrapped its arms around both of us and uh, myself. Um, you know, I, I found Christ here uh, in a big way. Um, and, and the blessings that Katie and I, that some of those have said that we gave today, um, those have been reciprocated. We've, we've received those and then some from you all as well. And uh, thank you for all the support you've given her uh, and everything you've done to um, raise her through the years because she's been a wonderful wife to me and, and I look forward to hanging out with her a little bit more on the weekends. But thank you for all your support. We love you guys, thank you.
first scripture reading today is 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. This is the word of God for the people of God. I'll ask you to consider the family of Mary Hayes at her uh, memorial service Saturday and was able to meet uh, with the family. Um, Reverend John Rush um, led the service at Wood. And the Barrett family, which is the um, dear minister friend of mine, the family that we've been friends with forever, went to go see him in Indianapolis in January. He died this past week as well. And um, the service was at the exact same time as Miss Mary's service. Um, I, I do many funerals. Very, very few of them are deeply connected to me through family or, or friendship. And you, every time I do it, I remember that you're running on fumes after. That you're, you kind of have people picking you up during and before, and on, you're just kind of on fumes after. And so I ask you to um, pray for those two families uh, in, in their celebration of life and, and family, but uh, grief as well. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we consider transition in our prayers, in our songs, in our scripture, in our sermon, as we consider a parent and a child, a deep connection, as we consider the pain that can enter our life through this broken world, help us also to consider your love, your mercy, your generosity, that surrounds us by your Holy Spirit and by the actions and words of the loved ones in our lives. Be present with us, Lord, as we read difficult texts, as we ponder difficult things in this season of Lent, that we may understand your purpose, your love, and your strength. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we go into our time of offering, I encourage you, as I always do, to look at the financial report and see where we stand as a church. I appreciate your generosity. I appreciate your participation and the people who put that form together. Um, I want to tell you that there, there are three things coming on your horizon to be aware of it. That um, uh, the STEP program is in its final phases and may need more aid from us. I'm in the Leadership Greer program and we're putting together a project for Greer Relief, Greer Community Ministries and Loaves and Fishes. And um, we are upgrading the technology of our 
church office because I'm pushing that technology with all of our staff members if you'll be aware of that.
lesson today comes from John chapter 19 and it's found on 1684 in your pew Bible. It's a tiny little reading and I'll only read parts of it so if you want to keep that with you if you like to read along. We are in a series of final words from the cross. These are just short little snippets of things Jesus said while on the cross that um, really set the tone for who he was and what he wanted going forward. Incredibly painful moments. The last time, a uh, couple times that he was able to breathe and speak. These are the things that he said. If you consider the fact that um, the religious leadership of the time was thro so threatened by him that they generated concern among the Roman government and got the Roman soldiers involved so that they wouldn't have to do it. And then the Roman soldiers are kind of mocking him and, and punishing him, embarrassing him, killing him. And as that is happening, these are the words that he is saying. And these are the words that we need to note in this season of Lent as we go towards that awful week. John chapter 19, verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Women have shaped nearly every aspect of my life. My dad was a traveling salesman the first nine years of my life and would leave on Monday and come back on Thursday. Back half of my uh, childhood at home, he was a real estate agent and was home and could be anywhere at any time. And he made sure that I knew that as a, uh, as a driver. But in my upbringing, I had two sisters they were 8 and 11 when I was born. So you imagine it was a little different than the normal dynamic of siblings. 8 and 11 when I was born, which is just slightly older than my children, which is the most frightening thing I've ever heard in my life. And no, we're not having any more children. No. But they had a deep impact on who I am. The, those two sisters are dramatically different. And their um, dynamics with me were dramatically different. And while they sometimes dressed me up like a doll and uh, sometimes put me in some positions that were humorous to them, they mostly took care of me. Um, my mother had a deep impact on my personality, on the way that I um, impact people and, I, and my call to ministry. My father has a, um, uh, an honorable, hardworking um, uh, mindset, you know, just do your job, say it in less words than necessary, and try to be funny, make people laugh. My mother is the spirit of my call to ministry. 
women started attending the Citadel in my time there, which led to just countless questions on the part of all the cadets that were there with me, recent alumni and very distant alumni, and anyone who had ever thought of the question would say to me, what do you think about women being at the Citadel? At the time, all that pressure, honestly, made me think, you know, it would be a whole lot easier if y'all weren't here, I wouldn't have to answer this question. Now, as an adult, knowing the significance of it, and also knowing at that time that about the same percentage of women pulled their weight as men, somewhere just short of about 70%, the rest of them, you know, same as men, there, were just kind of slugs getting by. But there were, seven, there were a good number of people that were doing their absolute best to succeed and understand and learn and be part of the team. I have two daughters. We had a female cat for 15 years. My, my two sisters each have two daughters. And the majority of uh, mentors that I've had in ministry up to this point, it's, now, it's different now, were women. And so when I read this text, you know, a lot of things stick out to me from a lot of different dynamics above and below me. And what Reverend Hamilton would want us to note is the role of women in this text. It says they were funding the mission. Now, I'm thinking Jesus and his disciples, their overhead was pretty low. He asked them to barely take anything barely eat anything, barely do anything, but the thing that they were doing, I'm thinking it wasn't an expensive prospect, but the women that were going along with them were supporting them financially. The women around Jesus, the ones that were directly with him in his ministry and the ones who came up to him in desperation were reshaping the culture around them, that reshaping that continues to this day. People that were on the outside because they were female or people that were on the outside because they were female and this happened. People that were on the outside and they were female because their husband mistreated them and put them back out in the community. All these people that the, um, the major players in religion and politics just kind of walked past without even noticing are now major players in this story. That has serious impact on the community, on the faith of the believers, and on us today. Women were giving their testimonials. Think about who found Jesus. Who's the first one to come back and tell him? And you know what? Just years after I finished the Citadel experience in which women were coming there, people were asking me what I thought about women in ministry. Now, women in ministry far predated women at the Citadel, but a number of people were coming in and they would say to me, what do you think about a woman being a minister? What do you think I said? I might have already told you the primary thing that I said most frequently. I'd say, well, I, you know, I would trust a woman, but I wouldn't trust anybody under six feet. <laughs> six feet is my cutoff. They need to be above six feet tall in order to be in ministry. <laughs> and what do you think their response was? What? That doesn't make any sense. And I said, right, you see where I'm going? You see where we're basing things on physical characteristics as to whether someone can be in ministry? Does that make sense? Well, no. Do women pay attention when you're talking? In a number of cases. Is that critical in ministry? Do women think before they speak? In a number of cases. Is that critical to ministry? 
Do women look at the entire group and understand the group? Yes. Great people in ministry that are female. But for a long time, people ignored how significant women were in the gospel and in the delivery of the gospel. Reverend Hamilton said that's not okay, and we've got to notice it. Verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. That had got to be painful. This is a person who dedicated his life to following Jesus and he is no longer going to have him. This is a woman who dedicated her body to his birth and raising him, taking him all over the place and he is saying to the two of them, you're only going to have each other going forward. You're not going to have me going forward. And when I read that, I thought about all the transitions in the life of Mary. Remember when she was just kind of there and she was about to get married and you know that's a big deal, I'm going to get married? Oh, we're going to have a baby. And it's not going to be any way that anybody ever talked about. And no one who ever talks about anything is going to believe what we're talking about either. We're going to go to Jerusalem, we're going to go in a big crowd, everybody, everybody did it, we did everything, oh my goodness, going to a major city and doing a major thing and now we're all walking back and there's no Jesus with us. He's not here. This adolescent just has a tendency to walk off on us and go try to educate major, major leaders in the temple and the synagogues. What's she supposed to do with that? Your adult son has gathered a strange group of followers that no one else has ever gathered before, and he's making some really bold claims. What are we going to do about that? And you know, in one of the Gospels, his family's there and they say, you want to, we want you to come out and talk to us. We need, we need to call time out on this thing and try to figure out what you're saying and what you want to try to be doing. And now your son is being taken away from the very people he came to talk to. The very people your son came to embrace have now turned on him and placed him there. Think about all those transitions in Mary's life and the weight that would be on her shoulders. I cannot fathom it. Notice too about the women when it says, uh, there stood his mother, there stood his mother's sister Mary, and there stood Mary Magdalene. How many disciples did he list right there at the foot of the cross? Not many. Why? Surely physical threat, something's going to happen to them. Fear, devastation, brokenness. But these women are there in the middle of it at the worst of times. And at that time he says, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple he said, here is your mother. And from that time on this disciple took her into his home. So here's what we have to talk about. The radical nature of the church family. Okay? I've, this is the closest I've ever been to my parents geographically in our state. We're about 90 minutes. The worst we've ever been is Mount Pleasant. No one cares because you're at the beach. No one cares about the drive. No one, they don't want you to talk about it. But it's a serious drive to either set of our family. And so our church was our family. Everywhere we've gone, 
we've poured our hearts and souls and minds and bodies into the people that we are serving because they are our family. The tremendous upside of the itinerant system in the United Methodist Church is that the 12 district superintendents and the bishop are thinking, what is the best for our entire state? Not just what's the best for this one little church. But the total difficulty of that is you pour your heart into someone and we have a call, a call that I take very seriously, that we have to go when we're sent. So what does that mean? There's times when I can be with you, and there's times that you have to support one another. Is this a shocking revelation? Mm -mm. But it's something that needs to be brought up constantly. Our lives will change dramatically in our professions, in our health and wellness, in our connections and people moving. And we cannot say, well, we're going to be okay if everything stays the same. We're going to be okay as long as we set this up right here and it's done. And we don't have to do anything else. We're not going to succeed. But if we look at one another and know in our hearts that changes come all the time in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in our church life, and that the thing that we have in the name of Jesus Christ is one another. If you looked in this crowd and you said, this person could likely be my mother, how would you treat your mother? If you said, this person could likely be my son, how would you treat your son? This person could likely be my cousin. We're around the same age. We have the same concerns. How would you treat that person? Well, in some cases, <laughs> there's some cases we don't treat people the absolute best that we can in these relationship dynamics. But I think it's interesting that on a Together Sunday, when we're all in one space, we hear a scripture that was planned months ago about saying, this is your son, this is your mother. One of my driving goals will be to help us all understand our call to one another, regardless of our time here and connection here. Our call to understand the pain of one another, to actually communicate, hear, and listen, and to know in our hearts church relationships have the potential to transcend family lines. And that there are people who can truly empower us and change us in this church. We've got to support one another through the many transitions we experience. And when we do, we will understand the call of Jesus on our lives. The call of God through taking the people to Egypt, slavery in Egypt, Exodus from Egypt, being pulled away and sent to Babylon, trying to come back, finding their home, Jesus coming, doing what they did, Christianity going through Greece and through Rome and through Asia, and then maybe someday finding its way to Greer, South Carolina. This transition will forever happen. And the one constant we can have is that we love one another as if we are family. Let us pray.
Lord, it's hard for us to imagine the heartbreaking reality of a mother watching her son die. Of a disciple who gave everything watching his inspiration die. We can, however, figure the times in our lives when we had a loved one who went suddenly or fell away from us over many, many months or years. And we ask as we experience that pain and as we figure that we are isolated to know that you know our pain and that those around us want to support us. In times when we aren't experiencing transition, help us, Lord, to have open eyes, open ears, looking for people who are experiencing joyful or broken-hearted transition. Help us to ask them curious questions so that we can understand their story and truly answer the call to be family for one another. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me in singing our hymn number 297.
Go now in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Mm -hmm.